We're going to alter a little bit this morning the, the, the order of service, and we're going to sing a little bit more of the, the close of service. And uh, you ever been stunned? Anybody ever been stunned? Shocked? Somebody, anybody been shocked? Stunned? Is anybody awake? Are you out there? Uh, you ever been stunned by anything? I, a couple weeks ago, I was at um, Bob Evans in town, and you know how Bob Evans has those trees around the parking lot, kind of, and so I got out of my car, and I was right by the trees, and so I was leaned over to shut my door, and I slammed my car door right into the top of my head. I was stunned. Uh, you know, I staggered around a little bit, and finally I, I sat down for a little bit in my, my truck so I didn't just lay down on the pavement and, 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 and the Bob Evans parking lot. I was stunned, and, and life can leave you stunned. Uh, I just last night, sometimes it's just the changes in life that, that leaves us stunned. Uh, yesterday, Terry and I and, and Spencer went downtown and, and had some healthy ice cream. Um, and we, were, we decided to walk around town because Spencer had some Pokemon to catch, okay? And so we were walking around downtown, and, and Spencer was catching Pokemon. And before you think he was the only one, there were literally dozens of people walking around downtown Marysville with their phone out catching Pokemon. There's probably Pokemon all around you in here, right? And so, you know, I, I, I thought to myself, what happened to the good old days when you could just sit in your chair and catch Pokemon? Now you have to walk around town to catch them. You know, life can leave you stunned. The course of life, the change of life. Sometimes it's the events of life. Uh, all of us have been stunned, shocked by the events of the last week to ten days. Amen? It's been a stunning Seven to ten days from, from the shooting of the police officers in Dallas, Texas, to what occurred in France uh, just this past week, to what occurred in Turkey in this past week. It has been a stunning, shocking week. And these global things can, can almost sit us back on our heels and we don't even know how to respond and what to do. But, but it's just not the, the big events of the day. It's, it's not just the, 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 the newspaper events that stun us, but it's the events of life. And, and I'm walking with several of you where you've, you're having things that you're having to deal with that have shocked you and stunned you. Being a diagnosis, being a financial downturn, being a relational issue, but, but you have been stunned by life. Now, we've been going through 1 John, and we've been talking about an alternate reality, and, and, and we'll get back to that, but I just kind of felt like we needed to step out of series for this week. I, I don't always feel like I need to step out of series, but, but when God speaks and says, you know, Paul, you need to talk about something else, you, you need to focus on something particular, I, I try to obey the Spirit's calling. I, I believe that when we prepare and, and we plan for a series, I believe God can be in preparation and planning. Amen? Amen. But sometimes He asks us to step out of our plan and, 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 and into His plan. And, and, and today... We're going to be looking at Psalms 46. 
And we're going to go through it a little bit slowly at first, and then I've got some things I want us to see with regard to Psalms 46 and the circumstances of life. And then then we're going to close with a couple songs, one a a newer song, one an older song, and and, and we're going to open the altars. Our altars are going to be available for a space to pray, and and I'll explain the bricks. The bricks aren't part of the VBS uh, illustration, uh, but but they're for us today, and I'll explain them and and how you might... uh, use them in your prayer time. But let's go through Psalms 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And and when you see this ever-present help, it's really an ever-accessible. We serve, you serve, as we have gathered in this place this morning, we serve an accessible God. He is not aloof. He is not distant. He is not unavailable. He is not too busy. He is here. He's not a God that you have to search for. In fact, our God has searched for us. Our God has made the first steps towards us. And so God is present to us this morning, despite the headlines, despite what's going on in our private life, God comes to us and God is available to us this morning. And that's good news, right? (laughs) Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give away and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with the surging. Has anybody felt like mountains are falling into seas all around us? <laughs> Isn't that what it kind of seems like as you watch the news, as you read your newspaper, as you look at what's going on around you? It feels that dramatic as if every foundation is being taken from under us. Now, this is in this passage a reversal of creation. In the creation account, God moves from chaos to order. And, and, and the, the, the psalmist is talking about this world's move, and the world's move is from order to chaos. God creates from chaos to order, sin creates chaos. And if there's ever a time to say amen in this service, it's right there. Sin creates chaos, doesn't it? In our life, and it may, as we've looked at the events in Dallas, Texas, and the events in in France, as, as we've looked at the chaos in our world, that is caused by sin, not God. As we consider the chaos in our own life, and and all of us have chaos that that props up, that that, that comes up in our life, it is a result of sin. It could be someone else's sin, but there's sin that creates chaos in our life. Then it says, Selah. And Selah means pause. And the psalmist is saying, okay, I want you to stop. Before you just keep plowing through Scripture, I want you just to stop and consider what's been said here. We will not fear if everything seems to be falling apart because our accessible Creator God is our strength and our refuge. Lord, help us as we just stop right here. And we think about the circumstances of life. There is no issue that is too big for you. 
There is no cause that is too lost. There is no hurt that is too deep that you do not understand and you do not want to come to our rescue and to our aid. Help us, Lord, to rest in you. Help us not to move past these promises too quickly, Lord, but to allow you to speak into our lives right now. Then the scripture moves on. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. And then verse 7. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now verses 7 and verses 11 in this passage are, are all refrains or, or responses. And, and, and the psalmist has written this where, where he speaks or the leader speaks and the people respond with verses 7 and verses 11. And, and this, the Lord Almighty is with us, the son of Jacob is our fortress, is a response to the promises that, to, that the psalmist has, has given previously in this passage. Later, we're going to read this, and I'm going to allow you to respond with that verse. But, but, but for now, there, there's another sila after that. There's another pause. There's another stop and think. Stop and think about this. Our all-powerful, protecting creator God is with us. Close your eyes just for a moment and, and think about the events that you're facing the, the events that are causing you fear and distress, your all-powerful creating God is with you. You are not alone, but God is with us. Now let's move on to, to, to verse 8. Come and see the works of the Lord. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He turns the shields, he burns the shields with fire. I want you to know this chaos that you, we see, this, this war that we see, this violence that we see, there is coming a day when our God will stop it all. He'll say, Enough, it's over. It is done, it is finished, and all this striving and all this warfare will be done. And I say praise the Lord. I'm, I'm looking forward to that day. Then our key verse for this morning, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Now, my translation says, be still. But, but this is not about silence. This is not about being quiet. It's about stopping. It's about ceasing. That The literal translation is dropping your hands. And so the imagery is someone who's ready to fight just saying, no more. That The psalmist is inviting God's people to let go, to surrender, to stop. To stop fighting God and stop fighting each other. Stop and know. 
No, God is God. To, to discern, to, to experience, not just in our head, but in our heart, to experience God as the I am, God as the creator, God as God. Maybe say it like this. Stop fighting on your own and experience and live in the power of God. Then verse 11. Once again, the refrain, the, the response. The Lord Almighty who is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So, so we've got now after that verse, another sila, another pause, another stop where you reflect on our almighty, powerful, protecting creator is with us. We are not alone. Every once in a while, Somebody told me after the first service, sila is their favorite word because they miss it so often. Every once in a while, God just wants you to stop and think about him. In the midst of turmoil, in the midst of distress, in the midst of chaos, can we train ourselves not just here, but in the moments that we're going to face out there, can we train ourselves to stop and know that God is God? As I considered this message this morning, what I was going to talk about, I, I had breakfast with Bob Sorardi Tuesday, I think, and, and Bob used the phrase, it's like anarchy. Does anybody else feel like that? It seems like it is just complete anarchy in our world right now. There, there's not a place that, even, let, let's face it, even in a place like this, I don't know that I feel completely safe. There, there's no place that seems safe and sane. It seems like the world is just spinning off its axis. It's going crazy, and, and, and it's not just in the newspaper, is it? You know, we can see these events in the newspaper, and we see France, and we see Turkey, and we see Dallas, and we see all of these things, and it seems like everything's going crazy, but, but it's also in our personal lives, and, and I'm dealing with people that are going through issues and trials and troubles, and it's just like chaos, like a storm is just blowing around them. In the midst of this, the psalmist says, stop and know God. Know God as God. Get off the trouble treadmill. Who likes to run on a treadmill? Okay, anybody like to run on a treadmill? You know, the crazy thing about a treadmill is if you don't turn that thing off, it'll keep going, right? And oftentimes, trouble is like that. It's like a treadmill that never stops. And some of you have come in here to this morning and your mind has been spinning, not for hours, but for days and maybe weeks and maybe months and maybe years. That, that you're constantly been on the trouble treadmill. And it's an invitation to you to hop off, to stop and to know. Now, now stopping is not the point. Not, not by itself. There, there's lots of times in my life where, where trouble has been so, so difficult, so deep, so, so beyond me that I've stopped because I simply don't know what to do. Right? Anybody ever been there? <laughs> the point's not stopping. But knowing that God 
is God is the point. So the invitation is to stop so that you can know that God is God. See, see, if we just stop and we don't reflect on Him and we don't experience Him, we'll go back into the chaos and nothing will be different. But if we stop and we somehow experience God, I believe that changes things. Changes things in a couple of ways. That this is an invitation to trust God in our circumstances. So in other words, when we stop and we know God, we realize we serve a God who is personally interested, who is invested in our outcome and our good. That God sees us, He's aware of our circumstances, He's aware of the circumstances in this world, and God is interested in me, and He's interested in you, and He's interested in this world. He cares. And, and He is able to finish what He starts. So, some of my favorite scriptures in the Bible are scriptures like this. God is faithful. I want you to know, as you consider all that's going around us right now, God is faithful. Paul writes that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. In other words, what God has started in your life, he will finish. I don't know about you, but every once in a while I'll start a project and I won't finish it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll try to build something and, and Terry will tell me it looks terrible, so I'll stop, right? <laughs> And it's just because she's being honest and it does look terrible, right? But God finishes what he starts. And God is faithful to complete. And so in our circumstances, as we stop and consider our faithful God, it gives us hope that he'll be with us to the end. Not, not that somehow every circumstance will be, be made easier, but it's easier because we know we're not alone and God is with us. It's an invitation to orient our responses to our circumstances to God. In other words, God responds to hate with love. God responds to selfishness by giving of himself. And we are the people of God. And so as the people of God, we should mirror God in our responses. If there's ever a day that the world needs the church, it's now. And they don't need a church that's self-absorbed and self-interested. We don't need a church to give us more dialogue and debate and conversation, but we need a church that shows the love of Jesus Christ. I am so tired. I don't know whether to say, you, you, you can, this is Paul speaking, not maybe God. And so you can ignore me if you want to ignore me. I am so tired of the ceaseless Facebook chatter on these issues. Can't we spend our energy loving people and get beyond the cyber dialogue? It's time for the church to be the church. And I just believe that when the church is the church and we love like Jesus Christ loved 
and we give like Jesus Christ gave of himself, I just tend to believe that will be attractive to people. We're not going to win this. And maybe win's the wrong word. We're not going to get to the point we want to get to as the people of God through debate and dialogue. We're going to get to that place by loving where only hate is present. By giving where only selfishness is present. By being a peculiar, peculiar, <laughs> an odd, a different people. To, to model Jesus Christ in all that we do. In the front of the sanctuary you see these pile of bricks and you know, bricks are substantial. These are substantial things. They're not light, they're heavy. And bricks can be used for a number of things. Bricks can be used to build walls, right? These substantial things can be used to build walls or they can be used to build bridges. And these bricks represent the things that we're facing in our world, that we're facing in our lives. And they can be used as a barrier between us and others, or they can be used as a barrier between us and God, or they can be used as a bridge to God and a bridge to others. I believe that. So in these bricks, I wrote some significant things that people are dealing with. Sickness. You know, sickness can create a barrier in our life that keeps us from hearing from God and keeps us from relationship from others. It's substantial, it's real, it's not phony, it's not fake. It matters. Violence. Have we seen enough of that this week? Violence. And the violence that we see can create fear in our lives. It can create, create barriers where, where we're almost afraid even to connect with our neighbors or be out in public or do anything. We, we, we could be so afraid of violence that it can keep us from others and it can keep us from God. War. Aren't you sick about hearing about war? I mean, I don't know that I have a solution other than Jesus. I believe, and maybe I'm wrong in my historical um, counting here, we've been at war in Iraq and Afghanistan far longer than we were in Vietnam, right? Is that not true? I mean, it's, I mean we're, we're pushing, what, 15 years, 16 years? And war is substantial, it's real, and it's creating barriers in our world. Here's a personal one, divorce. How many families in our congregation, how many families in our church ha have had this substantial brick thrown through the windows of their home? Terry and I was just talking. She was looking on Facebook and there was a, a, a pastoral family that we knew that, that, that they're separated now. And, and we started talking about people that were in my, my Sunday school class that are divorced. And the havoc it creates in lives, in kids... And husbands and wives, and it's real and it's present even in the church. Uncertainty. That's a big one, isn't it? Not knowing. You know, I, this is one I struggle with. Can I be honest? Can I be, can I be transparent? Uncertainty. 
Well, what do you have for me, God? What's next? Where do we go? You know, what's going to happen here? Uncertainty can create a barrier. It can create a wall. Or it can, it can be that bridge where I realize in the uncertainty of life, I need God more than ever. Conflict. You know, conflict takes on all sorts of of faces. Sometimes it's a conflict in the home. Sometimes it's a conflict at work. Sometimes it's a conflict with your neighbor. And in the midst of it, we can feel helpless and hopeless. And I've been rhyming all morning. I think it's because I'm watching too many political ads, okay? You know, I'm like, I'm jet channeling Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, I guess. But conflict, it's substantial and it can, it can create havoc in our lives. Ooh, abuse. I think about our teachers in here. How many, how many kids do you see that, that faces this substantial brick of abuse? How many of you, if, if you were honest, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, would say there, there's somebody that's been in my past that abuse has created barriers in my life? Oh, this is a big one. Hate. There is enough hate in the world, right? It, it, you know, we cannot, we, as the people of God, there cannot be racial hate in our church. Amen? You know, we can't hate people for lifestyles. We can, we can disagree with a lifestyle choice, but we can't hate them. You know, we've got to model something different, and this can create a barrier or it could be an opportunity for God to move in a new way in our lives. Well, nobody's ever faced this one. Gossip. And we know in the church, no one ever gossips. It's just prayer request. I'm just concerned about so-and-so. And here's the juicy little tidbit. You know, gossip is something that, you know, it's substantial. It's real. It hurts people. I hate this brick. I, I've heard this so much. And I'm so sick of hearing this word, cancer. Oh, my goodness. If I never hear another person diagnosed with cancer, it will be enough. And to see the havoc, it's substantial, it's real. And it can be a wall or it can become a bridge. Lies. Anybody ever been lied about? Anybody ever had a half-truth? A half-truth is the same as a lie. You know, it's substantial, it's real, it causes hurt and harm. Oh, this is a big one. Terrorism. You know, don't we live in a weird world right now? Does anybody raise your hand and say, Pastor, I didn't ever think we'd get to this place where I, where I could think that terrorism is something that we would face every day and be afraid of. Here's one, and, and see, we're... we're, um, we're clean people living in a, a little sanctuary here, our little bubble. Maybe, maybe we don't think this is real. I hope we don't. Addiction. If you think you live in Mayberry, you're wrong. Do, do you realize that heroin addiction is running rampant in Union County? Steve works over at West Central. Am I telling the truth, Steve? It's destroying families and lives. 
And, and we can say, oh, well, it's not affecting us. But if it's affecting those in our neighborhoods, it's affecting us. And families are being destroyed. Lives are being destroyed. People are dying because of addictions. Death. All of us face this. I mean, this, this is life and death. You know, it's, it's part of life. And, and all of us have loved ones that have went on. And, and it creates trauma and separation. And then the last one, sin. <laughs> you know, th- th- this is the cause of it all. This is the reason we face all these things is because sin is in the world that takes us from God's order and God's divine plan to chaos. And and sin may be present in your life and it's an opportunity. See, we we talked about this in 1 John. The problem's not sin. The problem is unconfessed sin. The the, the problem is sitting before God and saying, God, I'm a sinner and I need need salvation. Or God, I fell, I've sinned, and I need forgiveness. There is a remedy for sin, and it is Jesus Christ, the righteous, who died on a cross for you and me. But it's substantial, and it's real. All these are issues. And, and then you could put your own issues on those bricks. And, and I'll give you an opportunity. We're, we're, we're going to close with a couple songs. And, and, and if you want to put uh, your, your particular um, issue, what you're dealing with on there, uh, you can. But troubles are building blocks that can build walls or a bridge to God. Let me ask you, what, what issue in my life, what issue in your life is an opportunity to draw closer to God? It's substantial, it's real, but those real substantial issues are opportunities that if we give them to God, we can, he can actually use them to draw us in closer. I was talking to somebody this past week, and, and they've been through it. I mean, it's, it's been awful what they've been through. And he told me, he said, you know, Pastor... These last four or five years, my relationship with God is realer than it's ever been. Not because life got easy, but life got hard. And in the difficulty of life, there was nowhere else to turn but to God. Pastor Josh and I, I grew up in, or Josh grew up, I was an older guy when I went there. Terry and I was married to Tri-County Church of the Nazarene in Hamilton. And Darlene Walters was the pastor's wife. And, and oftentimes I heard Darlene say this, Jesus lives near the floor. <laughs> and what she was saying was when we're broken and we're on our face and we're praying, that's often the times we encounter Jesus the closest. Jesus lives near the floor. And we're close. And we're going to sing a couple songs. One of them's an older, or a newer song. And, and one of them's a a familiar song that, that you've heard often. Um, and, and I'm going to encourage you as, as we... <laughs> she misses her mommy already. I'm going to encourage you as we um, sing these songs. Maybe there's something, there's a, a marker, a Sharpie up here. Maybe there's something I didn't mention that you want to mention. And just by the action of dropping the brick, it's something you're letting go of. Um, you, you know, it... It's just a, a, a mechanism for, to remind yourself that you're giving this to God. Maybe you want to write something on the brick and just drop it. 
on the floor behind the altar. Or maybe you don't want to write anything, just want to drop a brick. Don't throw a brick, drop a brick, okay? As we're singing this, and, and then we're going to have some, some concerted time, some closing time of prayer. Uh, Pastor Todd Gates, he's a, our United Methodist friend that's been with us close to a year now, if not a year, is going to close us in prayer. And I'm going to spend some time in, at the altar. I need it. I just, I just need to meet with God at the altar. And maybe you want to join me uh, at some point. But we're going to sing an, uh, a newer song than an older song. The older song, Sweet Hour of Prayer. And for whatever reason, the last three or four years, this has just been a song that's resonated with my soul. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my Father's throne make all my wants and wishes known. In seasons of distress and grief, my soul has often found relief and oft escaped the tempter's snare by thy return, sweet hour of prayer. So I encourage you, when we sing this, right on the bricks, the bricks are dirty. You know why they're dirty? They were free. <laughs> uh, and I thought, well, I'll clean them up. But I thought, no, I think dirty bricks are better. Because these issues that we face are substantial, and sometimes they get our hands a little bit dirty. So I encourage you to, to participate. Stand with me, if you will. We're going to read the scripture together one more time. And I'm going to, uh, when we get to the congregational part, I want you to respond. God is our refuge and strength, and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give away and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. Come and see the works of the Lord. The desolations he has wrought, brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still. Stop. Cease. Drop your hands and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Lord, help us as we worship to truly worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.